Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. This is Liz Dolan. It is Sunday, May 25th, a beautiful Memorial Day weekend here in Southern California. I'm joined by three of my sisters. Leon, you are also in Southern California. Happy to be here, Liz. Happy to be here. Okay. Julie Dolan, Dallas, Texas. What's going on there? It's very pleasant. I am uh, I am hosting a sleepover uh, this weekend with my uh, two oldest grandchildren. Oh. And I left them in the pool with uh with grandpa t so i i have limited time here <laughs> grandpa t that's your husband, husband. so yeah, it's not like he's some 90 year old lifeguard right <laughs> no. no he's very able able-bodied but but it's limited so we have to talk fast today okay and uh monica dolan you are in bend oregon I am. Three-day weekend. Loving every minute of it. Don't you love the three-day weekend? I actually had the snow tires taken off my car yesterday. (laughs) That's how productive these three-day weekends can be. Also, yesterday, when I drive through Westwood on Memorial Day weekend, it's always so beautiful. The the Saturday morning of Memorial Day weekend, there's a big veterans uh, cemetery there. And first thing in the morning, all the Boy Scout troops from around Southern California are there putting flags on every grave. And it is really emotional to look out there and see all of those flags and see all of those kids um, honoring all of the veterans. So it was kind of a nice way to begin the weekend because you can you can lose track of what the weekend is about right. unless um, unless you're careful. Uh, all right. Another big thing happening this weekend. I wanted, I had a couple of reports from the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, and one is from Elise because it was about the big news event um, here in Southern California on Friday night, the the mass shooting in Santa Barbara. Elise, who is a longtime Satellite Sister, wrote on our Facebook group that she was actually in Santa Barbara on Friday night because her daughter had just graduated from Santa Barbara City College. So first of all, Elise, Congratulations. Mm -hmm. And she's going to UCSB in the fall. So she lives right around that area. Um, It's called Isla Vista is how that's pronounced, right, Mm Leanne? Isla Vista. Can you describe it, Leanne? Because I think it's hard in the news for people to understand. It's like where all the students live, but it's not on campus. It's exactly right, Liz. Right. It's 23,000 people living there. It is essentially like an island, you know, oasis. And um, but it's not officially part of the part of the campus, although UCSB um, pays millions of dollars for police and security there. They contribute to it. So it's sort of ad hoc dorms for the kids there. But it's it's very close by. It does have a reputation of being party central. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's on the beach in, in just north of Santa Barbara in Goleta, California. Right. 
So Elise had had dinner with her daughter and then they went for coffee afterwards. And it was when her daughter, so they were in downtown Santa Barbara and it was when her daughter went home about 15 minutes later, um, they got the calls that she, um, that there had been a shooting right in her neighborhood and her place was right between two streets where um, the, some of the shootings had occurred. And it's just a reminder that these horrible, horrible crimes really radiate out so quickly and touch so many people. So obviously we're thinking about the people that it touched directly uh, on Friday night, but all of us who know, you know, someone or mm-hmm. you come close to being um, attached to something like that, it can, it can be really frightening. But Yeah, we spent the day yesterday waiting to hear from some of Brooks's friends that are up there, uh, both at Santa Barbara City College and UCSB. They're all fine, but they were, you know, heard shots and it's just very close to home, that particular yeah. shooting. Another thing on the Facebook group that is very close to home for us, and I just wanted people to uh, to read it and provide any advice if you can. Cynthia posted that um, uh, the doctor had given her father just zero to six months to live is what she wrote, that his heart is weakening. He has congestive heart failure. So she's wrestling with what we all wrestled with, sisters, you know, like how do you, where should your father be cared for if this is really the end of his life? He wants to come home. She's not sure they can handle it at home. She's going to take time off for the Family Medical Leave Act, which I know, Monica, you did when our mother was sick, right? You arranged to do that. I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's talking to hospice people. Anyway, in her post, she said, any advice always welcomed. So if you haven't seen that post and you want to go read that and provide Cynthia any kind of emotional support advice, she's reaching out to you. So I just wanted to um, let you know that if if you want to... Give her your perspective. She'd obviously be grateful for that. And one other really nice post that I just wanted to mention uh, from Denise. Uh, Just earlier this morning, she posted, thought about Edna the other day at the Portland Rose Garden. See why she loved it. Absolutely incredible. That's so nice, Denise. That is nice. Edna is our mother. And yes, she was a volunteer at the Portland Rose Garden. Her job title, I believe, Julie, was deadheader, right? (laughs) She was a deadheader, Liz. She She was one of the best. She had a whole outfit that she would wear to the Rose Garden, special gloves, a special coat, uh, a hat. Uh, She took her uh, responsibilities uh, 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 as a volunteer very seriously and really enjoyed the other deadheaders. She used to party with them, Liz, uh, from time to time. I think there was homemade wine involved with their parties. Yes, there was at the end of the year celebration. (laughs) Anyway, that was a really sweet thing of you to post. Anyway, there's a lot going on on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, so please just join and jump in. One other thing about the Satellite Sisters being together... Leanne, we have nailed down the site for the Satellite Sisters Cape Cod Meetup, correct? <laughs> it's, a, it's exciting that it's happening. Yes. Uh, thanks to Pam Beard, uh, one of the Satellite Sisters there on site in the Cape. She found a great spot for us to have our meetup Sunday, June 15th, 2 to 4 p.m. We're going to be at Brack's Landing. By all accounts, it's a fantastic sort of casual outdoor place to hang. They have a brunch from 12 to 2. We are not participating in that. It is just a uh, no-host bar situation, 2 to 4, Brax Landing, Harwich Port, Mass. Uh, I will post the information at the website, and you can always find it on the Facebook page. So uh, we apologize. It is Father's Day. 
Um, we are there for a wedding. So the date was out of our control. Um, it's really only two hours though, dads. So just it let seems it like go. like you can honor your dad <laughs> or yeah. for 22 other hours. Right. <laughs> right. Dad can. might want to take a nap between two and four. Right. Or watch some golf or something. Or, let... or bring your dad. Who right. cares? We, that would be fun. <laughs> bring your dad. Good point, Julie. Who cares? Bring your dad. <laughs> yeah. So we'd like to thank Mr. White. Bridget White's dad has already agreed that she can come. Uh, the father in Connecticut gave his blessing, so she's excited to see us. But um, we're looking forward to it. So thanks, Pam, and everybody else who sort of stepped up and did some recon. And we will see you there June 15th. It looks great right on the water there. I'm, I'm very excited about that. So, um, all right. Speaking of water, Monica Dolan, what the hey with the Portland, Oregon water supply? That yeah. is your home, of course. Yeah. What is the, what happened? Well, what happened is on Friday, we got a city, there was a citywide boil water alert. So it went out to all like, I think 670,000 residents, uh, and they told you not to drink or use tap water or ice. And I like this. It, it was sort of, they said you shouldn't have been using the water since like two days before. But what are you going to do now? <laughs> so they just Very found, helpful information. You know, so the, they found through their routine water testing that there was uh, E. coli in the tap water. So it was quite a panic there at the hospital because you can imagine being in a hospital and not being able to use water. Oh, and right. Have, and wow. having to go to all boiled water. But I tried not to pay attention to it because I had already sucked down a giant iced tea full of ice cubes <laughs> made with the potentially tainted ice cubes. There was nothing I could do. I already had the iced tea. And I had the iced tea the day before and a lot of tap water the day before. So um, what I appreciated is at least they told us about about it. And in Portland, they have a system where they have a reverse 911 call. So you get an alert. You get a phone call on your home phone. And it's happened before just in my neighborhood. We've had a boil water alert before. And you get a nice phone call at home telling you not to drink the tap water to boil water. But of course, people were just, it was all all over the news that people were like, what, where are we, what restaurant are we going to go to tonight? <laughs> you know, oh God, restaurants had to close for like six hours until the boil water alert was clear. But um, I, was, I was on my way driving out of town anyways, and I was listening to the local news. So obviously it was a big story because it had just happened at noon. And then I found out that, like, the town I was driving through, Gresham, which is outside of Portland, they were not affected by the uh, dirty water. Oh. So I just stopped and got myself another iced tea. Exactly. <laughs> is, that, is that your idea of hoarding water, Monica, just filling up on iced tea? Just filling up on iced tea. I mean, there was, I guess, one report of someone getting sick. Someone called the health department and said they had diarrhea or something. So um, 
so far we've had a report of one person getting sick but mm -hmm. uh, it's but it just seems like monica this is the second time because there was a story in the news a couple weeks back about some teenager relieving himself in one of your reservoirs right. and they had to like uh they had to get rid of all the water in a reservoir it was so like thirty five thousand. Like uh, they caught a teenager he was peeing in the reservoir the problem is we have open reservoirs in portland you know, outside of the city that that's where all the city water comes from. So obviously stuff gets in and out an uncovered reservoir. You know, they're saying this E. coli was probably bird poop or who knows, whatever. Dead well, I'm sure you have the open reservoirs because most of the year in Portland, Oregon, water is falling from the sky. Right? Yes. That's <laughs> when I think of Portland... Really, the first word that comes to mind is water. It's water. It's just water all around. Believe me, you could survive for a long time just collecting water in your backyard. <laughs> I don't think it would be as clean as the reservoir water because that's treated too. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, as of Saturday, boil water alert lifted. Um, so we're on to just sucking down the water now. Oh, okay. Well, a little, a little touch of E. coli could be a good weight loss opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. For, for an adult, but obviously for like young children. I know, Julia. I'm totally kidding. I, as a grandmother, I have to speak out. I, I don't think I would. I, I would still be very nervous about using that water from your big open reservoirs, Monica. I think I would. I'd go to bottled water. You know, like you, you know, do. but they test the water. Yeah, I don't know what like four times a day. So I feel actually safer about the water because we were notified right away. Um, and at least I know they're testing the water. So who knows what goes on in other cities? I just <laughs> Julie, <laughs> Julie, have you been testing? You said your grandchildren are in the backyard in the pool yes. with your husband. What's, what's your water quality level right now? Do you, it's very you, hot. You have we like have... a little, it's not a big pool. It's just like a, a water feature that is swimmable, <laughs> right? Right, right, Liz, right. So, how many times a day are you and Trent We're testing? testing it a lot. We're testing it a lot. Don't worry. We, we have a very strict uh, protocol here. So, you could drink out of our pool, which is more than you can say for the water in Portland. That's what you don't believe in uh, chlorine either or um, um, fluoride, right, Monica? The, oh, in oh, I don't know about fluoride, but no, the water is treated with chloride. Oh, okay. Good, good. All right. Uh, that yeah. I'll bring my own water next time I come to visit. No. You're not allowed to get on a plane with water. Sorry. <laughs> Three ounces isn't going to get you too far. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking, of, we're on the same topic of water. Um, Liz, I was wondering if you had attended this same summit that the Levi Strauss CEO, Chip Berg, attended this past week. It was sort of in your neck of the woods. Were you at the environmental summit in Southern California? I was not, Julie, but there were, I certainly saw the particular headline that came out of it. And Susan even posted it on our, our Facebook page and wanted to know your point of view. So, okay, so Chipberg, Levi Strauss, CEO, made the statement that he never washes his blue jeans, okay? That he, he feels like this was, a, he was attending a summit on environmental sustainability. He felt that this was his big idea to bring forward um, was that really what we needed to do is just not stick our jeans in the wash. 
what he what he recommended is spot cleaning. Did you hear this with a sponge or perhaps a toothbrush? Uh, so if you drop your pizza on your jeans, just get out that toothbrush, a little detergent, spot clean it. You don't need to stick it, stick your jeans in the uh, in the wash. Okay. This is completely wrong. Can I just say that? And this is the wrong type of advice to give to guys, okay? Because, Leon, as a mother of boys, you'll back me up on this. Right. They don't... There, is, there is an age. I think it's about 11 when they just stop bathing altogether. Yeah. And they don't, you know, they would never change their clothes or their underwear. So to have the, you know, the CEO of a major company say, yeah, good work. Don't change your clothes. Keep them on. Just use a toothbrush. Okay, this... This is, I mean, it's bad for guys that, you know, the next thing, you know, they'll, it's the beards, it's don't brush your teeth. Yeah. Don't you know, change don't your wash, sheets. You don't need you don't, to wash the wash towels. Hair. You don't, you know, yeah. Don't pick the towels up. Just yeah. leave them on the floor. They're, that's better for the environment. No doubt. So it's a very slippery slope um, besides sounding disgusting not to wash your jeans. Uh, and I just really don't feel like you get the same kind of um, cleaning done with either the dirty sponge or the dirty toothbrush. <laughs> I know. It just sounds disgusting. It sounds disgusting. I think he just wanted some headlines. I think, Liz, I think this is uh, on uh, on the stunt meter, as our sister Sheila would say. Very high. This would rate very high. He really does not believe that you shouldn't wash blue jeans. In fact, I think they count on you washing blue jeans in order to have them actually fit, right? Isn't it? They're all, they're always like stiff in the wrong size. And so if you really, you know, to work your blue jeans in, you're supposed to wash them. You're not supposed to sponge them off. You know, here's the thing that I found surprising um, is that many people then confessed that they didn't wash their blue jeans either. Oh, like yeah. afterwards, they were like other like Tommy Hilfiger and people were stepping up like, oh, yeah, we don't wash our jeans or I wash it once a year. Really? Just stop now. We don't. It's not doesn't need to be a blue jean confessional situation. <laughs> Just. I don't yeah, know. that's surprising. And I would imagine in the. I've I've been in cities where there are like Levi Strauss manufacturing plants. These are like cities in China and they use a huge amount of water to make the pants in the first place. <laughs> so busted. But way just, to go. I Liz. just want to say you're dyeing all that stuff blue. Yeah. How how are you doing that with water? And uh you will occasionally see downstream from a Levi factory that the stream is now blue. Uh, so I think maybe this was sort of a, a distraction um, uh, strategy on the part of Levi Strauss CEO Chip Berg to try to look over here. I'm not washing my blue jeans instead of look over here where I'm using a zillion gallons a day dyeing them blue in the first place. <laughs> that was just my theory. It's a little cynical, but potentially true. Or else he wants you to buy 300 pairs of blue jeans. So that that's the only way uh, yeah. you, could really, you could really make this work. Because the sponge and the toothbrush is not going to happen. <laughs> Julie taking a strong water I, stand I'm today on the show. I'm hot and bothered about dirty blue jeans. <laughs> I don't want to see them. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. You know what? It's exciting because I promised last week that I would bring you a hormone report. And... <laughs> I'm here with one. And you went to medical school between last Sunday and this Sunday? Thank you. you. Thank you for mentioning that, Liz. Because first, I would like to preface this by saying I am not a medical professional or, or trained in any way. 
I went for a free lunch and the possibility of a goodie bag. And so with that said, all right. So Julie and Monica, I don't know if you were on the show when I promised this, but I was invited to a lunchtime presentation by a doctor here in Pasadena who was referred to by many of my friends as the hormone whisperer. Okay. She, (laughs) you walk into her office. She does all kind of workups on you. She formulates the perfect hormones, bioidentical hormones for you as you age, whatever you need. And then she inserts them subcutaneously, uh, in these pellet forms. And really, so it's yes, Liz. Oh, now you're intrigued. <laughs> yes. It well, is a, intrigued by the pellets. Yes. yes. It's, where it's, is she? Where is she inserting the pellets? In the hip, in the hip, Julie, in the, oh, right I'm, under in your hip. And I have, I have seen, I have friends, I've seen the pellets there. I, I don't think, I don't think they're going to mess with your bikini wearing sisters. So <laughs> you're right. I was worried about that, but yeah. then not. Right. Ian, is this woman a doctor? Yeah. Oh yeah. She's a doctor. Southern California doctor, Monica. That's a different. No, breed. no, no. Okay. First of all, let me forget. Let me preface this. Cause she trained in the Midwest. Um, her, she did a residency with a woman named Dr. Kathy Maupin, who has written a new book and I will put this in information on the website because this is where the medical information is if you're interested called the secret female hormone how testosterone replacement can change your life so she did her this woman was her mentor and she knew that she was moving out to southern california so she trained her in this method that the pellets and everything and then she moved out to pasadena and established her own practice so she is an actual doctor and she had tons of medical information (laughs) so i am i am just Passing along some of the highlights and the title of this book, if you would be interested in pursuing this further, I know we don't like to talk about hormones a lot on this show, but I know we're all thinking a lot about hormones (laughs) a lot in our free time. So so here was a couple of things I found interesting. First of all, um, the first 10 minutes of the conversation uh, involved a lot of words like creepy, jowly, saggy. Oh. I know. Those I words know. do sound familiar, though. I know. <laughs> Are you familiar? Yeah. Are you familiar with that, Liz? But yeah. then the second portion was about how the secret female hormone, testosterone, that a little testosterone goes a long way in sort of making you feel better, making you feel and appear less jolly, making you feel and look less saggy and crepey and creepy. And, uh, that, you know, if you find the right balance, it can really bring back a lot of energy to your life. Now it's not an overnight cure. She said it usually takes about a year after people start on the therapy for them to feel back at their, hold on to your hats, pre 39 hormone levels. <laughs> she, oh, that's she, the target? she promised that you would feel as good as you did in your thirties. Wow. But they, and do, so you just stay on these pellets for the rest of your life? No, no, she, they, she didn't recommend that. Again, Julie, she's not a quack. She is like a medical doctor. So I would like <laughs> Julie's just her. Your whole line of questioning is assuming she's a quack, and she's well, not. I Julie. assume yes, she's like Suzanne Summers up there. Yes, no, yes. here's here's the thing, because of course my friends have been to Suzanne Summers doctors, and they have already sought out those doctors in Venice Beach, and then they have come to this doctor because Suzanne Summers doctors does the cream. 
and the hormone cream, which is not as predictable as the pellets, Monica. So there you go. So I'm just, I'm just passing along this information because I have to say I have seen my friends and they're on the pellets and they look pretty great. Like they say it has really changed their life. So Julie, what she's recommending is five years, five to 10 years. So of, of this to sort of extend again, that pre that nine, that age 39 hormone level. Mm. And so, then what happens then after the five years, you totally collapse into the creepy, saggy person. Yes, but, that but you actually yes. it's like portrait then, of Dorian Gray. Yes. There's there's then the real you comes but out. Then, but but then yes. by then the, your doctor figures it's too late. I mean, I know, you know what? No, doctor. she said like, really, we don't have long term. Like there's uh, right now I say five to 10 years. She said in five years, I may say, oh, yeah, you can extend it 15 years. She said what's happened is that our endocrine systems have not caught up with the fact that we're all living longer. So it's taken us, you know, thousands of years to evolve to this point. Our bodies were meant to have babies. You know, we did that, but now we're living 30, 40 years past our last child. And if we're lucky and healthy and everything like that. So this is to sort of fill that, that gap. That's the way I took it, Julie. (laughs) That made me feel good. And then she, but, but how, how often do you have to change your pellets? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's usually every four months. You have to go in for new pellets. She said, if you are, again, I don't think any of us are in the category of triathlete or a marathon runner. (laughs) Yes. If your metabolism is very fast, you're extremely thin. You may burn through them in two to three months as opposed to three to four months. So, and my friends tell me when the pellets start to wear out, they know. And they, (laughs) they know. You're kidding. No, no. They this know. is like the Stepford Wives, Leanne. You understand I, that. I know. I, Julie, what I understand like, is that I don't want to be saggy and crepey. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I understand. <laughs> so, uh, so they said they just feel like patients are sleeping through the night. They're calmer. They're more amorous. Their husbands seem very happy that they're on the pellets and uh, that it just, it brings back energy and sort of vitality to their lives. So I am passing that along. Believe me, I would have signed up on the dotted line right there. (laughs) I'm not quite there yet. So uh, I will put the name of this book. If people want to read about it, The Secret Female Hormone, How Testosterone Replacement Can Change Your Life by Kathy Maupin, M-A-U-P-I-N, if you can't wait and you just want to get it right now. Uh, that's, that's all. It was very interesting to me. And, you know, she said a lot of those early studies, it was the progesterone that was actually the problem causing, you know, with the hormone replacement therapy, causing some of, uh, the, uh, the increase in breast cancer. She said not the testosterone and not the estrogen. I didn't also know there were two good, two different types of estrogen. There's the young, fresh estrogen. And then there's what she called old lady estrogen. <laughs> That's what I got. So they're trying, right. That's what you have, Monica. You're feeling a lot of that. Do I, do old ladies still have a little bit of estrogen? Yes. It's a new, it's, yes. It's, it's called, it's called estrone. It's from the adrenal gland. It's called old lady estrogen and it contributes to, and I quote, belly fat, sagging, painful breasts, breast cancer, loss of memory, fatigue, diminished mood, irritability, obesity, and sagging skin. (laughs) 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 What, What she's putting back in is estradol which is what you have, you know, when you hit puberty and that provides the female figure, a waistline. Remember that soft skin, perky breast, wet vagina, elasticity of the skin and vagina, thick and shiny hair, low lipid profile, clear thinking and elevated mood. Wow. You want some of that now, don't you, Liz? (laughs) (laughs) 
That is sounding good. I know. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway. I thought it was very interesting. She did say one of the, the long-term studies on this is that it does provide a lot of protection from um, uh, heart disease, uh, mm-hmm. diabetes, and colon cancer. So those are actual, you know, those are all, that's proven. So um, mainly. And are there any people that she said should absolutely not do it? Yeah. If breast cancer, uh, if, if, you know, well, one, she said, uh, if you're thinking about having children, because she will give you just testosterone for a little while, if you wanted to try that in your forties, she said, if you're still thinking about having children, you can't take testosterone, Uh, breast cancer. uh, If you're, if you have had breast cancer or at high risk of breast cancer. So there were a couple other contraindications. So again, I'm not a trained professional, so uh, I don't, don't. No, obviously not because you're recommending pellets. (laughs) Okay. Laugh if you will. Okay. I'm not laughing. Crepey, jowly, saggy sisters. It's a personal decision between you and your doctor yes it is like many other things yes yes so there you have it that is my report (laughs) oh and then oh speaking of crepey and jowly so i did actually uh get my dress for the wedding this weekend good for you yes yeah so uh i went to another you know i learned a lot from my friends a friend of mine recommended this place i don't know it's been there for a dozen years i don't know how i'd never been there so i went in and of course the first dress they showed me i was like no no that's not me and then a half an hour later i walked out with that dress so (laughs) (laughs) i was like you were right i was wrong but i did try um first i attempted um are you familiar with the trend this spring of the fit and flare dress are you familiar with I think that would be a good look on you, Leigh Julie, it was the fit and frump on me. It was, <laughs> it was a disaster. Because really? so. the fit and flare, you know, it's sort of fitted on top, but then flares out. So that's a, sort of a cute, sassy. I think your wedding dress was a f- or, fit. Or you could, no, your no. your wedding dress was more of a sheath. Was a sheath. The sheath yeah. look oh, has okay. always been, I, I need the dress to go back in after it flares out or else I, I just I look. I think you could, people can go wrong with fit and flare. Yes. Make, it would make you look like a dancing elephant. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's a good description. That's what I look like. Like an elephant in a tutu. <laughs> Thing. <laughs> Especially if you have right flair. Wow. That's a little harsh, Monica, for a fashion thing, but okay. Okay. Well, especially, had you tried some on, Monica? Is that why you have strong feeling? I have a fit and flair, but it's uh, the flair, it's very modest. It doesn't like completely flare out. Um, so that's why I like it on me. So Leon, you're set on the dress. I'm set on the dress. You know, uh, it's I would describe it as bohemian elegance. That's Ooh, what I would say. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa! I know, Julie. Don't be don't be panicked. It's not. I told the woman. I said I don't want to look like the crazy aunt. I want to look like the California aunt. I'm fine with that. <laughs> ladies of the canyon yeah it's not it's better it's more it's more uh tailored than it's more elegant than ladies of the canyon i was in a couple of ladies of the canyon situations and i was like no this is crazy aunt too many layers i don't fit in front i don't do this so uh so is it what is the length of this it's a long it's actually a like to my ankles so it goes but it's a long sheath basically it's the same dress i've been wearing for 40 years the sheath looks good on me so yes it does so it's just a long sheath it's kind of a silvery mauve color but then i have a I have a, a tissue like overlay. 
I, okay, just trust me. It looks Is great. Is that just to, uh, for a little upper arm coverage? Um, well, I think or... my upper arms look pretty good, but it okay, was... No, I... <laughs> It was, no, that was not an accusation. Okay. I'm just wondering what, what kind of overlay you were. Yeah. I mean, it was for a little bit of color and a little bit of pizzazz. It won't add much warmth, but I thought in the church, I didn't want bare arms. So, uh, so I will not have bare arms. I'll, I'll be covered in tish, a tissue like fabric. So it's very pretty and very colorful. The, the overlay, it's very pretty. So you will see, you will see. I don't think anyone else will have it. So there okay, you go. You sound excited about this land. So uh, I, it's good. I am excited, Julie. Well, I'm just, uh, just slightly panicked now about the dress that I'm going to wear for the wedding. So I was going to wear the dress that I wore to the last wedding. <laughs> Which looks a beautiful color, Monica. Really? Which yeah. I probably will. And just don't say anything. I mean, everyone's. <laughs> Monica, I'm considering the same strategy. It'd be obvious it was the same dress. But then I started, of course, wildly shopping online and thinking about buying things. And it's just that I I feel like I gained a little bit of weight this year, but I know I still have three weeks left. So I see this headline in the New York Times last week. Maybe you saw this story. Four days, 11 pounds. (laughs) No. Four possible. Eleven pounds. I was like, yes, this is the answer to my prayers. <laughs> eleven pounds. That would be so awesome to lose eleven pounds. So I read the story. Um, it was like in the well column in the New York Times. So it was just published this week in the Scandinavian Journal. So the idea was it was a diet study. It was minimal calories, maximal exercise. <laughs> Sort of like a very intense boot camp. But what they found was the participants all, they lost an average of 11 pounds in four days, which is pretty amazing. And they kept it off for months. But here is the rub. It's those four days are rough. First of all, each, it was a study just with men. So they didn't, they didn't use women in the study, but um, they ate. 360 calories a day. Oh, Monica, that's nothing. That's... that's that's almost nothing. And it was mostly liquid. So the men either had like carbohydrate drinks, like sugary drinks or protein drinks, and then a lot of water. 360 calories a day is nothing. And then and you can't and you can't do the water because you live in Portland. <laughs> it's, it's really going to be a problem. Iced tea's good though. Um, iced tea will work. But so 360 calories a day, and then this is the part that I love. They walked for eight hours a day. It's great. <laughs> okay. Well, you, how are how are you going to engineer that part of it? <laughs> you getting one of those treadmill desks that work? Eight? No, they were together. They were, I don't know if they were roped together. So that's how they did it. Were they prisoners somewhere? What were these guys? Eight hours a day in the Swedish countryside. Every hour they had a 10 minute break. And that's when they ingested, you know, 20 or 30 calories at each break or 10 calories. So they walked for eight hours straight a day. They did complain of blisters and sore knees. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. They all lost 11 pounds and it was just four days. And this is the part I don't believe. They said they were not hungry. <laughs> they said they were not hungry. So they were unconscious. <laughs> That's it. 
So right. Monica, how do you how do you see uh, putting this into action uh, in your life? Well, there's no way I could do that because I'd have to take four days off from work or five right. days off from work and just start walking. I I don't know, but I think on a sort of a limited scale, I've been just trying. I'm just going to have to try to, you know, something increase my exercise and eat less. <laughs> you, know. you think that's it? <laughs> That's the big revelation. That's it, Liz. That's it. There's no way. Darn, I was hoping there was some other path. Liz, you know, I knew four pounds. I mean, I knew 11 pounds in four days. I knew there was a catch. (laughs) That's what the catch was. Eight hours of walking a day. You can set out now for Cape Cod. And you might be able to make it from Portland, Oregon to Cape Cod in three weeks. Walking eight hours a day. You should consider that as a strategy. Uh, wow. So you're so you're gonna give this a go before you go shopping for dresses again? Is that it? Yeah. One day I could do it. Yeah, you it's a long weekend, Monica. You could at least uh today and tomorrow you can get Maybe not 11 pounds, but given this wacky science, maybe you'd at least lose five to six pounds if you only do it for two days. Why don't you try that? Report back. I'm I'm leaving right now. (laughs) Walking back to Portland. Okay. Well, this whole whole show has been about pellets in the head and and wacky diets. But sisters, I really want to recommend a movie about science to you that I think you will love. It's called Particle Fever. Have you heard about this movie? It's a documentary, Ooh. and it sort of chronicles six brilliant physicists. They they are involved with the particle collider in Switzerland, the CERN project. This is where they were searching for the God particle. Do you remember hearing about mm-hmm. that when yes. they discovered the Higgs boson? Well, this I, it's it's so unlikely, but they've made um, a documentary about that uh, about that experiment. It was thirty years in uh, building, sort of the idea of you know, uh, building a particle collider. And interesting enough, I didn't realize this, that that they were going to build the particle collider in Waxahachie, Texas, that they had started to build it there, but then the U.S. government vetoed um, building a larger collider. So they had to move it to Europe, and that's where they built this. It's, it's about an hour and a half, and it follows the six different scientists that have been working on this project, some that are in Switzerland working on the uh, right there, others that one guy's in Princeton, one guy's at uh, Johns Hopkins, another guy's at, at Stanford. And it's just fascinating. And it's made for like it's made for people like us. I went with a girlfriend who is an art history major, and we both <laughs> loved the we loved this movie. I mean, there's a lot of like math symbols flying across the screen some of which i some of i could not even identify what they were like i had never seen them but you learn a great deal about it and it's told in an emotional and compelling way such that at the end of the movie i had tears in my eyes oh, i had tears in my eyes really yes so it's it's very exciting and and you and you get some sense about like scientists that work on things for like 30 years and they had the great, you know, they had some success and then they had a huge setback at the particle collider where everything sort of melted down and then they had to rebuild it. And then, you know, finally, when they 
they got some of this, you know, the data from uh, the particle collider. I mean, it's, you were just, you were elated at the end of the movie. And you're left with huge questions between order and chaos. That's what you're thinking about at the end of the movie. And you're just, you're also so impressed with these physicists that are like the, the central characters. Well, they're real people in this movie. I mean, because they're so smart and yet they're so clear. They're able to take highly complex things that we can't even think about and, you know, turn it into a mathematical equation or to create some kind of experiment for it. Um, and yet they can communicate about it in such an, you know, sort of a, a simple level. You know, it's, it's impressive to see people that have such high functioning brains, you know, I mean, it makes you. That must be a really hard movie to make because there's so little you can actually show. Right. Oh, like, this, but it's, it's and, and that's the thing. It's actually very visually. It's very entertaining to watch. Um, I said, as I said, I went with a friend. Uh, she was an art history major. We went into the um, theater and uh, we believe that everyone else in the theater was a particle physicist. Uh, there was, <laughs> there, there was, it's not this is you're not going to find this on the big, you know, in the big box office area it's going to be a small art film but it's it's very well reviewed it's got you know it, what's uh, it people, called julie it's called particle fever okay I'm like, and i'm, I'm telling it. you girls are going to love it yeah i, I would highly it's very different but but so interesting and you actually and you 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 understand things uh, you know that you didn't that i didn't understand i mean i remember reading about the discovery of the the Hig uh, bosom particle, but I, I really couldn't understand what it was about. Now I have some very basic understanding of it. Mm-hmm. The other part, on just a totally superficial level, is you have never seen such bad hair in one movie. <laughs> <laughs> These physicists, I don't know what it is. There's yeah. one Italian woman that she's got some good hair, <laughs> but everyone else, male and female, I, maybe it's because they're so brainy. They don't think about it, but it's, it's sort of shocking to watch in the movie. They're probably so, also not washing their blue jeans. No, <laughs> that, this group is, to, they're early adopters of that theory, Liz. Early adopters, no doubt. But I want to recommend it. It's called Particle Fever. Okay. Wow. Well, at the way other end of the entertainment uh, spectrum, this week I spent the whole week seeing every new television show in America. And I think I started to explain this on last Sunday's show. Uh, here's the way this works. If for I work only on television networks that are outside the United States. So what happens is inside the U.S., as you've probably seen in the TV news over the last couple of weeks, uh, last week and the week before were the weeks when all of the U.S. networks announce what shows they're making for the fall. So then as soon as they do that, all of the international buyers come to L.A. for 10 days. And I qualify as an international buyer, even though I live in L.A. And they show us everything they're actually making because then we can pick, you know, we want to buy this for Europe or this for Latin America or whatever, but they can't show it to us any earlier because they haven't gotten their orders from the U.S. networks yet. So you follow me? So so it means every day this week I was at a different television studio and they would show you like eight different TV shows uh, over the course of the day, some dramas, some comedies that they had sold to one television network or another. So just, you know, One big trend I wanted to reinforce um, 
It was a little more than a week ago that Ellen posted on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group the question, is it just me or are nearly all television series filmed in half darkness? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this got quite a bit of reaction from our... Um, our group members, you know, because she said Game of Thrones. Okay, there's no electricity. The Good Wife. Surely they need light to read. Hannibal. Maybe no one wants to know what they're eating. Scandal. No good reason. And uh, so many, many of you chimed in with your own comments about that. That not only are many of these shows hard to see, but they are increasingly hard to hear. Yes. Uh, to, to the point where even like English language dramas. People among you out there, including, I believe, you, Monica, have resorted to using closed captioning. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I, my old TV, before I got my new one, the sound was so bad and my hearing was going at the same time. I found closed caption and then I started, I was totally dependent on it. And I had a friend come stay at my place when I was away and I was so embarrassed the closed caption was on the TV. I couldn't understand one thing that was being said on The Good Wife. Right. And then I started missing all the jokes on Modern Family. Yeah. And that's why I went to the closed caption. So I thought I was the only person in America doing that. But no, I'm not alone. Well, you are not alone. I had noticed the darkness. That was starting to drive me crazy, too. Like, just super shadowy, dark, everything, for no reason, as Ellen points out. So here's what I want to tell you. Now that I've seen every new show for the fall, um, there are a lot of new shows coming that you will not be able to see or hear. They, there's, <laughs> this trend is definitely growing in Hollywood. And on my list of new shows that uh, fit squarely into the you can't see anything and you can't hear anything trend, uh, Constantine, that's a show about a man whose soul is already damned to hell. So he decides to devote himself to like ridding the world of other evil spirits. So you can... You can kind of understand why it's very dark. But anyway, you're not, I had no idea what was going on in that show. Then Gotham, which is a show that I actually really like. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, Cannot that's going to be good. You that's, can't that's see awesome. anything, Leon, but it's still very enjoyable. Uh, and that is a Batman origin story, and, which is very well done and a lot of fun to watch, but extremely dark. <laughs> then there's this show called Backstrom. Which starts, which stars Rain Wilson as like the world's most hateable person, and he's just like an oddball detective, but he's like mean, anti-woman, anti-gay, anti-black. He's just like he has no redeeming features at all, and this all takes place in rainy Portland, Oregon. So oh. it's it's dark and it's oh. red. Though Monica, you should take a look at I don't think it's actually Portland. It it looks to me like it's actually Vancouver, but they're pretending it's Portland. Right. Um, I think it was filmed in it was filmed in Vancouver. But yeah. used to darkness, so that'll be good. Yeah, so that's you can't see anything. And oh. uh so right. you know, you'll just get a flavor of that very quickly. And then the last one that fits squarely into this trend was a show called Forever. It's about a medical examiner who is himself immortal. So I'm already out. Yeah. 
<laughs> even even if I could see it or hear it, I would be out. Mm-hmm. But the, and this is something that came up in our discussion about this too. The star, who's very very good in it, is also British. There are a lot of British people contributing to this problem mm-hmm. of not being able to understand <laughs> yes. what they're saying. So this has a touch of elementary. To oh, it, okay. You know, which I know, Leanne, you had called that out as a show that's hard to understand. I love it. I what I can hear of it, I love. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I just can't hear it. So, uh, <laughs> so you can all look forward to that. A lot of new shows you uh, can't see and can't hear. Uh, then there was there's another show I wanted to call out. Um, oh, I didn't even mention like Stalker. Apparently, it is a law that Dylan McDermott gets a new show every year. Right. Uh, I know. He's in a show called Stalker. Which I watched and it's super well done, but why on earth would I ever want to watch a show about stalkers? Yeah, so I, I don't. I know it's like serial killers. That. Yes, it's I, I, well, serial killers at least I believe are few and far between. So I don't really spend a lot of time worry about being tracked by a serial killer, but stalkers is a little more real life. So I'm, I, but it was good, but it's about stalkers. Hence the title. Uh, and then there was a, this another crazy show called Scorpion, which it's possible, Leanne, that your boys might like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but one of the descriptions I read for it said, um, calling all Smash fans. And oh. Thought, Smash fans? There are, there are no Smash fans. Me? I love Smash. I know. Me too. <laughs> but there are like 10 Smash fans in the world. So I would just get a better marketing pitch than calling all <laughs> Smash fans. And they, they said that because Catherine McPhee is one of the stars. Oh, okay. So, and, but it's basically about an international network of super geniuses, like super nerds who are helping the NSA solve all of these crimes. But the action in Scorpion is so outlandish that people in the theater that I was in were actually laughing out loud, which oh. I think is not a good sign. Right. Um, so the, so Stalker and Scorpion, try them if you will. But then I, the, the main thing I want to point out is that we have three very significant shows with very significant female lead characters and actresses that for me cross the the whole spectrum. One is the new show, Madam Secretary. You may have read about this. Uh, Taya Leone plays uh, the secretary of state of the United States. And um, I came out of that show and said to my colleagues, well, it's sort of like West Wing meets the good wife. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And then I opened up the promotional material where they described it as, West Wing meets The Good Wife. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Genius, I'm a genius, I'm a genius. But, but I was hoping it would be more West Wing, but it's actually much more The Good Wife. Uh, but I would highly recommend this show. Madam Secretary is, you know, I think for the Satellite Sisterhood, you should at least take an initial stab at this when it premieres in the fall. So that's Taylioni. So like adult woman playing an adult woman. I'm just for that. Then one step down from that is a new show called Mysteries of Laura, which where the star is calling all Smash fans, Deborah Messing. Oh, so, okay. so Deborah Messing plays a Columbo-like character. She's a homicide detective, but guess what? Also juggling ex-husband and kids, you know? Right. So uh, she's like got all... Gold, too. No, no doubt she has a heart of gold. Right? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I would say this show has a lot of potential. She's, for me, she was not Columbo enough. 
uh, I could, she could push the comedy. It's like it didn't know whether it was a comedy or a drama. But I liked Deborah Messing. I liked the idea of the show. So that's sort of halfway up my list. And then the last one on the list of adult woman playing an adult woman on TV is Catherine Heigl is in a show called State of Affairs. Oh, that's the CIA. She's the yes. CIA agent. Yeah. Yeah. So she is right. There's a whole bunch of shows where the descriptor is fill in the blank meets scandal. Right. right? That's what this is. This is yeah. a mm-hmm. fill in the blank meets scandal. I am not a Katherine Heigl fan in general, though I loved her on Grey's. And then I don't know. I just lost her. So I don't know how people feel about Katherine Heigl. If you're pro Katherine Heigl, you're going to want to check out State of Affairs. I like all CIA shows, actually. Me so, too. Uh, so I would say I would propose that the Satellite Sisterhood get behind Taya Leone, Deborah Messing, and Katherine Heigl, just because. Just, you know, <laughs> just because. It's nice that, and most of these are not that dark. I think you're going to be able to see them and hear them. <laughs> so reassuring, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like there's a, a Satellite Sisterhood block behind these kinds of shows uh, might be effective. So those are, um, that would be my top line on uh, what I saw this week. All right. All right. Liz, good report. Good. Good yes. roundup. I know we have to get going because we're worried about uh, Julie, Julie. Julie's grandchildren. <laughs> but yep. one quick note. One thing I was looking forward to watching on television this summer, Liz, is a little thing we call the World Cup. Yes. Until Jurgen Klinsmann, the coach of the U.S. national team, named the final roster this week. And he left off my man, Landon Donovan. A way to go, Jurgen. Way to suck all the enjoyment out of the World Cup for me, Leon Tolan. <laughs> Is that how strongly you feel about Landon Donovan? I love him, Liz. I love he's Landon. The captain of the team and everything. He's our, he's our hometown boy here from Southern California, plays for the Galaxy. How can you forget that goal in the last World Cup? I I mean, I know he has some critics, but I'm not one of them, Liz. Okay, I'm not. I'm not on Landon. I am pro Landon Donovan, and I. It, it's just reminded me of this simple fact. That is true. That parents, despite what you try to tell your children, every once in a while, the coach simply does not like you. And that, uh, <laughs> that is true from AYSO to high school to college and now to the men's national team. The coach simply does not like Landon Donovan and left him off the team. That is my interpretation That's of that. your complete evaluation. Is this, do they have a history with each other? Is that it? Or Yeah, I mean, he, they have a, you know, he was uh, lukewarm. Landon needed some time off, you know, after, I mean, he had played like back-to-back seasons, then gone to Europe, then World Cup. And so he didn't want to go to a camp a couple of years ago. But, I mean, he's certainly one of the best 23 players in America. And they left him off the roster. And that's mm-hmm. a mystery. And, mm-hmm. it, and the only... And the only answer could be the coach doesn't like you. That's that's what happens. That must so, hurt. This oh, far into your career that you're still, it's, yeah. your whole life is in the hands of a coach. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and my whole life is in the hands of this coach. So, <laughs> so are you not going to watch the World Cup now? No, I'll watch you... the World Cup. Barrick just walked through. He doesn't like Landon Donovan, so he doesn't care. <laughs> Well, there was a lot of soccer being watched yesterday because it was the Champions League final. Yes, what a and game. And it's like every place I went in Santa Monica, people were watching the Champions League yes. on TV. So I just want to say to everyone who's always saying, like, America doesn't care about soccer and uh, we don't know anything about the game. And, like, every bar in Southern California yesterday was watching the, you know, Real Madrid versus, what was the Atletico, Atletico Madrid 
uh, play a game in Portugal, and there was lots of screaming and yelling spilling onto the streets from a soccer slash football game. So please just stop saying nobody here cares about. <laughs> <laughs> But because there was some speculation among those people that maybe Klinsman did this because he believes there's no chance of them getting out of the first round anyway. So, you know, just like give the new kids a chance because he fundamentally doesn't believe they're going to make it. Very yeah. Well. well, that's probably no. true, too. That's probably true, too. Right. That okay. He's not going to win with this team. But then even more reason why punish Landon. <laughs> like why take it personally out on him? You yes. know? I mean, it's so, it's just, yeah. It just, so you'll be conducting your personal protest, Land, uh, in your home, <laughs> wearing, I guess, Landon's uh, jersey or something <laughs> yeah. as you watch this. Okay. I think it's very fitting. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, that's, no, take does suck the fun out of it. It does. The, you know, maybe the next, I'm just looking at my list of TV reviews. I know we got to go, Julie, but next week I can cover the, the comedies. There are some good ones. Oh, good. Good list. Anything that's in the Shonda Rhimes category, Viola Davis is in a fantastic show called How to Get Away with Murder. Love that. And then there's this crazy musical comedy fantasy called Gallivant. Uh, so it's a musical comedy with a singing, dancing hero. So I got to give you a little bit of an update on that. And then there's a, there's a creepy kids show and there's a dead kids show. So those are all categories I can cover next week. People- well, Liz, it's really breaking news because we're, we're not invited to these uh, previews. So it's, it's good to know what we need to be watching in the fall. You're going to, you're going to see them all. Yep. You can, I just want to you know, head people in the right direction. Uh, okay. We got anything else going on here? No, yeah, I got uh, Julie, clearly you have to go. Okay. Those grandchildren. It's been a long time in the pool. Okay. I think Monica started walking already. She's walking. <laughs> Did we lose Monica? No, just, no, I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm lacing up. I'm lacing up. Okay. All right. Well, tomorrow, Memorial Day holiday. Everyone have a uh, a fun day, a uh, relaxing day. Uh, and think about... Um, Think about the people we are supposed to be thinking about on Memorial Day. And uh, we will, you guys, Tuesday show, you got ready to go for Tuesday? Oh, I got some great dog advice for Julie. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're going to, Kyra, Kyra Sundance weighed in. We're going to solve Zorro's problem. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that and is it, a- it made me laugh out loud when I read the advice. So it's awesome. So stay tuned for that. That is quite a tease. We're just going to have to leave it there. Uh, We are the Satellite Sisters. Call your Satellite Sister.